Hi, this is Margot McCallum. Welcome to episode 7 of Narcissistic Sociopath. The manipulation tactics of a love fraud. The devil is in the detail. Trigger warning. Descriptions of the ways we've been manipulated can be extremely distressing to hear. Please be careful how you take in the information in this podcast and how much you take in at one sitting. It's absolutely not my intention to make you afraid and distressed and then try to sell you something, which is how some narcissistic abuse authors operate. Read or listen and be very mindful of how the information is affecting you emotionally and physically. Please, stop when you find it too distressing to take in all at once. The sophisticated, shallow, charming persona of the narcopath whitewashes over the, dare I say it, sinister tactics that actually operate their day-to-day lives. The covert, some unconscious, manipulation of the truth, the target's emotions, other people's perceptions of the target and themselves. The things they do for their self-gratification and aggrandizement counter to what they say to win hearts and minds. Remember, we're not talking about a macho, aggressive, overtly racist, sexist pig here. We're talking about a smooth-talking, glib, easygoing, charming, people magnet. We're talking about behaviour that no one else can see but those they prey on, or those outside the charm circle. And few would believe it, if they could see it anyway. Here are some manipulation techniques that fly under the radar for those trusting souls amongst us, in order of escalation as the narcopath tightens the screw. Hypnotic charm. The most charismatic person in the room, he focuses the spotlight of his full attention on you. With large doses of direct eye contact, he's totally fascinated in whatever it is you have to say. If he's a celebrity narcissist, he appears utterly fascinated by the story of how you listened to his music, saw his movie, watched him play footy when you were a kid. But it will seem as if you were the first person ever to have told him this, and he's utterly flattered and humbled by such a revelation. You walk away proclaiming, Wow, he's such a nice, humble, decent, down-to-earth guy, ten minutes after you've met him. Love bombing seduction. Excessive attention in the form of emails, texts, letters, flowers, gifts, dinners out, sex, good times and fun. He has to be with you every minute of every day for the rest of his life, like no other seduction you've experienced. Believe me, he is not the one. Flattery. Extreme validation about your appearance, your personal qualities, your competence, your intelligence, your environment, your social and professional prowess. The very things he's compelled to undermine and destroy once he has the power to do so. 
mirroring. The coincidences are extraordinary. He professes to share the same beliefs, politics, spirituality, tastes, preferences, likes and dislikes as you. You were made for each other, not hurried intimacy. He progresses the relationship quickly to sharing his innermost insecurities, desires, ambitions, and shame in an effort to have you reciprocate. When you do, as is natural, he will later use his knowledge of your intimate secrets as a tool to control and manipulate you. Quick to move into your home, quick to talk about a shared future, quick to propose marriage. It's a whirlwind romance. Lying. Outright lies whilst looking you straight in the eye. Huge omissions that leave holes in the jigsaw. Over time, you'll find you have an increasing pile of jigsaw pieces that don't fit into the picture he's painted. Twisted truths, embellished truths, a tiny truth at the center of a Russian doll wrapped in layers of lies. Rationalization. Clever and plausible stories to explain why he lied to you. For example, the reason he didn't tell you he was married was that he couldn't bear to lose you. And he wanted to leave his wife without causing any moral distress to either of you. Playing the victim more lying to gain your sympathy and support. For example, he'd been trapped in a loveless marriage for years, or was the victim of abuse from his mentally unstable wife, or had done everything in his power to support his violent, drug-addicted child before it all got too much for him and he was forced to abandon them. Wordplay. Empty or loaded words, often referred to as word salads. They're practiced yarn spinners. A manipulator knows exactly the right words to choose to put a convincing argument, induce an emotional reaction, for example, to flatter, confuse, stifle, insult, diffuse, inflame, or paint a picture, impress, insinuate, suggest, plant a seed of doubt, build on commonly held assumptions or cultural biases. Telling you exactly what you want to hear, they will make promises, commitments, vows and oaths they have no intention of fulfilling. I love you. I've waited my whole life for you. I've finally met my soulmate. I'll never leave you are uttered easily and frequently, and to many targets over a lifetime. Over time, you'll notice that their pledges and self-professed image of themselves doesn't match up with their actions. They continually break promises, let you down, are never there for you when you need them. The masters of double entendre they occasionally utter words that seem nonsensical or out of place. 
because these utterances are so odd, we can let them through to the keeper when in fact they're glimpses of true intention. Expert lie detectors call them tells, often in the form of black humour. For example, we can get married, settle down, have kids and drive each other nuts. Or, now we are married, darling, it's all downhill from here. <laughs> Backhanded compliments. Barbed comments in which a derogatory observation is disguised within an apparent compliment. You handled that really well, given that you're so weak and sensitive. You did a good job on the books, especially when you're so bad with figures. Doesn't this dress make my wife look slimmer than she is? Belittling. Behaviour such as rolling eyes, tut-tutting, talking down to, mocking, scoffing or teasing, demeaning the target's opinions, achievements and abilities in both the private and public context. It induces or increases low self-esteem. However, it's such a common, socially acceptable male treatment of women in this culture that it flies under the radar for many of us. Intermittent reinforcement. A proven method for increasing trauma bonds with a person or animal. Used by cult leaders. Alternating reward for desired behaviours with punishment for behaviours deemed unacceptable by the manipulator. Experts speak of dosing, that is, providing periods of love bombing to induce euphoria and bonding in the subject, followed by periods of ignoring, neglecting, punishing the subject by withdrawal. It creates enormous confusion and codependency. That is, the subject's happiness becomes dependent on the positive or negative treatment by the manipulator. An actual physical addiction to the dopamine released in happy times results in a craving to repeat the positive experience during times of neglect. It makes for extremely loyal and obedient dogs and children. It breaks their spirit. The silent treatment stonewalling, refusing to engage, leaving the room or the home for hours or even days at a time. The target has plenty of time to question what it is they said or did that caused the emotional and physical withdrawal of the manipulator and becomes conditioned to avoid certain subjects, hide certain emotions, adjust certain behavior as a result it becomes patently clear what is off-limits and important issues slowly become a simmering volcano of unspoken concerns underlying day-to-day -day life. I'm just going to take a pause at this moment and ask you to pause too. I'd ask you to stop and be mindful of how this information is affecting you emotionally and physically. Please if it's too much, or you're finding it too distressing, stop, leave the podcast, and come back to it later if you want to. Back to manipulation tactics. 
Then there's goading, commonly referred to as pushing someone's buttons, deliberately putting you on the defensive by lying, ignoring, accusing, belittling, to provoke a reaction. This goading, testing your patience, can occur over hours or days. For example, making and breaking promises over and again. Stringing you out by saying one thing overtly and doing another covertly. Not turning up at appointments, going AWOL when you need him most, then switching the conversation to phone or email and continuing to ignore increasingly urgent requests for explanation or action. In other words, stonewalling. If, in response, you text or leave an angry voice message, this evidence will then be used to alienate anyone who might be left to support you. This is called triangulation. By him claiming that he's the victim of unprovoked abuse. Playing the victim again. Once it starts, it probably means he's found his new supply, decided to leave and flip the blame onto you. All the while gathering support and sympathy from the community. He wins again. Game over, new chapter begins. Flipping the blame. Goading, then making the story about your bad temper. Having an affair, then making the story about your jealousy or paranoia. Triangulating, then making the story about your low self-esteem. Coercing you to stretch a moral boundary, then making the story about your prudishness. Breaking the law, then making the story about your restrictive religious or moral sensibilities. There is the unconscious process of projecting their own faults onto others that is a common human tendency. Then there is the sinister, conscious escalation of shaming and scapegoating that leads to the inevitable discard-destroy phase. Triangulation. This is stimulating uncomfortable interpersonal relations like jealousy, suspicion or dislike with another person, frequently an ex or possible next wife, by defaming that person to you or defaming you to that person, by claiming you or they said or did something neither of you said or did. Conducted on a broader scale, it can take the form of sly and insidious remarks dropped into public conversations in the form of total fabrications that cast the target in an unflattering light, such as the listener will judge them or you harshly or confirm an already held bias. It relies on our natural tendency to gossip. For example, I heard from a reliable source that so-and-so is a closet alcoholic, mad bitch, compulsive spender, adulterer. Financial skullduggery, otherwise known as financial abuse. Hiding or keeping private or separate his financial situation. 
denying you access to accounts, controlling your earning potential by suggesting you leave your job so he can support you or you can take care of the kids, justifying his spending decisions and invalidating yours, running up debts, taking loans in joint names without your permission, claiming it was you driving the vehicle when the traffic infraction occurred, borrowing and never repaying, treating mortgage accounts like a Ponzi scheme, that is, you deposit and he secretly withdraws. The hero complex. Having very shallow affect, that is, emotional experiencing, narcopaths get a buzz out of risky or dangerous situations. They enjoy instilling fear in those around them, so they can observe the discomfort of fear in a normal person, and then present themselves as a rescuer hero. Machiavellian psychopaths will use this technique with large groups of people. Think of fascist leaders, doomsday cults, Brexit, or the 2016, was it, US presidential campaign. Gaslighting. Claiming that a mutual experience did or didn't happen, such that you begin to doubt your own perceptions. I never said that. You're imagining things. You're overreacting. It's all in your head. My wife has a very bad memory. Gaslighting begins spasmodically and increases in frequency and weight as the relationship progresses. Used with other manipulation tactics, gaslighting has the effect of denying a target's reality. This is deeply damaging over time. Convenient memory loss, sometimes known as toxic amnesia. It's like gaslighting, swearing to the fact that he has no memory of a certain event, such that observers must decide who to believe. He forgets agreements, promises, appointments, contracts that were only ever made to secure your loyalty or trust but are now inconvenient truths. Not just a lie of omission, but a sworn oath to no memory of a significant truth. Invalidation. Subtle, covert behaviours that indicate a total lack of respect or callous disregard for the rights of the target. Behind closed doors behaviours and speech that clearly indicate that the target's ideas, beliefs, boundaries, needs, goals simply don't matter. Treating the target like a convenience or a burden. Humiliation. Giving the public impression that the target is a lazy, incompetent, lame duck that offers nothing to the manipulator but is the beneficiary of tremendous support, kindness, generosity or loyalty from the benevolent abuser. Shaming and blaming the victim. The psychopath holds the target responsible 
for everything that is wrong with the relationship. He can blame his adultery on his wife's unattractiveness or illness, his professional failures on her lack of support, his financial irresponsibility on her being high maintenance, his sexual dysfunction on her lack of libido, his stonewalling on her being too demanding, his dishonesty on her suspicion or paranoia, his incompetence on her unrealistic expectations, his alcoholism on her enabling. Over time, this can lead to a victim mentality and deep personal shame in the target. Coercive control, as understood by police, lawyers and others, involves aggressive standover tactics, such as, no wife of mine is going out to work. I forbid your friend from ever coming into my house again. In fact, the more insidious form of control used by manipulators is persuasive control. You know you don't have to keep that job if it's upsetting you. I can support us both. We don't need the money. I don't know why you keep seeing that friend. He, she really doesn't have your best interests at heart. They're just using you. I don't think you should see them anymore. Just a quick note that I probably don't have to tell you is that a narcopath will never admit to any of the behaviours above. And in any case, he probably doesn't see anything wrong with them anyway. You survived all or some of that. Despite being scammed, used and manipulated, you're still here. Inside you is the courage to endure, the resilience to overcome, the tenacity to hold on until your journey through hell eventually ends, and it will end. You will emerge into the light, wiser, more compassionate and more free than you ever thought possible. You've been through a trial by fire that not every human being will experience or understand. You can and will recover. Have faith in yourself. Your beautiful spirit was broken, but you will rise again like the phoenix from the ashes of your previous life. You have everything you need inside you, even though you may feel weak and exhausted and lost right now. With rest, patience, simplicity, silence, contemplation, self-compassion, discernment and no contact, you will emerge like the lotus with its roots in the mud. He is not an omnipotent being who has supernatural powers over you. He's a disordered person who has developed this personality strategy of manipulating people and impressions to get what he wants out of life. That's all. He wanted you, he got you. He took everything that was useful to him and discarded you with a callous, scorched earth policy, leaving nothing intact from which you can rebuild. But you will be reborn. Be strong. Be brave, be kind to yourself, 
wrap yourself in your own tender, loving embrace and nurture the little tortured soul that feels as if it has been thwarted. You will fly again, beautiful soul. Take heart. On a parting note, I'd like to say that even if after reading or hearing all that, you still feel like your experience is nothing like abuse, sexual abuse, or domestic violence, you might be feeling used and abused but can't explain it or express it, so portals for finding support don't apply to you. Rest assured that most women's domestic abuse organisations, some police, some lawyers, and most mental health professionals, definitely not all, now understand the signs of coercive control. In Britain, it has now entered law. In Australia, it's still a way off. If reading or hearing this has triggered you, please reach out to me or one of the following organisations. Lifeline on 131114. The Suicide Callback Service on 1300 659 467. Or Google 1800 Respect or Safe Steps. Please take care of yourself.